Hello and welcome to another episode of These Little Moments Podcast. I'm your host, your online health and wellness coach, Ryan Kassam, and I have another amazing episode for you today featuring one of my favorite human beings in the whole world, Miss Susan Niebergall Fitness. Um, Susan and I have known each other over the past four years, um, and she's really just an amazing person. So her story is that she started working out when she was close to middle age, um, and she battled yo-yo dieting. She battled overtraining um, until she finally had a little moment that shaped the rest of her life and how she performs today. So she's a true testament of how you can be fit at any age. So I really, really hope you enjoy this podcast and I will see you in there. All right, we're gone. We're on. <laughs> All right. I always, uh, it's always funny because we, we've just been shooting the shit for the past. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's like, the transition oh, like hi. we never thought. <laughs> but one thing before we get started officially, mm-hmm. We need to discuss the most important thing. What? And that is my niece. <laughs> I, I, I'm not seeing a lot of pictures of my niece recently. That needs to change. How is my niece Joey doing? My baby, my dog, my baby. Um, she's good. Her birthday actually is the 21st. So 11 oh. days, she'll be, she'll be four years old. Oh, crazy. I know my baby. I miss like, it's funny. You're like, you miss pictures. Like every time I FaceTime my mom, I'm just like, Where's my dog? <laughs> dog I'm like, where's Joey? I just want to see Joey. She's like, you only call me to see the dog. I go, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> yeah. But she's really like, she's really good. Like, I miss, awesome. I miss her a ton. Like her not okay. being in New York, but um, anytime I brought her to New York, it she's so she's such an anxious dog that like <laughs> this this is like oh, the I worst place for her because there's train sounds there's tons of cars tons of people tons of other dogs and it's just like she Too was much. just not feeling it yeah <laughs> but, yeah but i just saw her like two weeks ago and Aww. my mom I, like oh, i love her so much <laughs> come like, and stay with aunt susan we have a could. nice big yard i want to come yard. stay with aunt susan yeah, <laughs> come on down because <laughs> you just got your you pool done all that too what's up you just did your pool last summer too, right? Yeah, we um, yeah, we, we've had a rough pool year so far. <laughs> just a lot of chemical weirdness that we've never had, but oh, really? it's up and running. It's great. I just yeah. I was just out there checking everything. It's good. It's ready. <laughs> it's ready. That's perfect. Um, well, for those of you who don't, <laughs> what a tra- <laughs> what a transition. Um, this is Su- I like to call you Suzanne Bergal as um random people on instagram have called you before um <laughs> but this this is susan niebergall um aka my second mama um my fit mama and uh thank you for being on the podcast i've been i've wanted you on for a long time but i finally felt ready to be like all right let's bring on <laughs> Ms. Bergall. um so i guess like this is the corniest way to do it but like could you in your own version, introduce yourself to the to the masses. To the masses. <laughs> well, I am uh, Susan Ebergall, also known as Suzanne. Um, <laughs> long story with that, and maybe one day we'll get into that. Sure. I'll answer to whatever, um, <laughs> but the name is really Susan. Um, I own Susan Ebergall Fitness, and I also uh, am co-coaching the Inner Circle with Jordan Syatt. And I am a just a 61-year-old woman who basically changed 
her life in her mid fifties from the perspective of weight loss and building muscle and doing all those things that I couldn't do for the past five decades. You know, I was the yo-yo dieter, uh, lost a bunch of weight on Jenny Craig back in the late eighties, early nineties, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, then uh, couldn't keep it off. Obviously I didn't learn anything um, and just yo-yo dieted for decades, mm-hmm. you know, gained a little bit, lost a little bit, gained some more, lost a little. I mean, I just did this back and forth. I was the person that had two sets of clothes in my closet, you know, the bigger clothes, the smaller clothes um, worked out with, with trainers for a lot of that time, you know, started out working out, going to classes, you know, did jazzercise, did um, aerobics classes with lots of hooping and hollering and little weights at the end. That's how I started out, you know, which is how I think a lot of people start out because mm-hmm. the community piece to all that stuff was great. Um, and, you know, just all the decades, I could never put all the pieces to the puzzle together until um, I, I, I tell this story often. I put it in my book too, about how I walked into my bathroom one day and just looked down on myself and like, what has happened to me? Like Mm -hmm. I felt like my belly exploded overnight, which obviously it hadn't, Mm -hmm. but for some reason that day, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. It was decades of frustration just came Mm -hmm. out that day. And and at that point I decided, well, you know, you know, I'm doing everything right. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I thought I was doing everything right. Uh, I was only doing what I knew. Mm -hmm. And that stemmed, you could take that back to Jenny Craig, which was, you don't (laughs) eat much, you lose weight. I yeah. mean, really, that's what I knew how to do. Right. Um, and so obviously that doesn't work for long-term, you know, maintenance. Um, and then I started thinking about it. Oh, look how old I am. This must be menopause. That's mm. what it is. Yeah, that's it. You know, and so I made myself feel better. And I said, ah, I'm just going to go to the doctor. She's going to say my, you know, metabolism's low, thyroid's not, you know, whatever, blah, blah. I'm going to get mm-hmm. the medication. Boom. Everything's going to be back to where it should be. Right. Um, and of course- half of that didn't happen. Right. <laughs> that, I went to the doctor um, and I got the tests and my, all my tests came back fine. Mm-hmm. And when she told me that I thought I literally started to cry because mm-hmm. I had, I was like, who wants to hear mm-hmm. those words when you, when you have to now face the fact that you've done everything kind of wrong for mm-hmm. decades, not yeah. like a year, but my whole life Yeah, it was hard, hard to accept, you know, mm-hmm. it was hard to accept. But once I did, you know, um, I started making some small changes. I hired Jordan. And then at that point, my mid fifties, just everything changed, Mm -hmm. not only physique and health, um, weight loss, muscle, all of that, but mindset Mm -hmm. more than anything, Mm -hmm. understanding the pieces to the puzzle that have been missing for me for so many years. Mm. Um, but in fairness, I will say this, you know, I grew up with some crazy shit. I mean, (laughs) I mean, way back. I mean, there was just crazy stuff. So, I mean, the, the one thing I get back from people who have read my book um, and people in my age bracket, they all say to me, <laughs> oh, there it is. It could have been me. Yeah, that could. I mean, this was me. Mm-hmm. So what I did, all the mistakes I made and all that, that everybody's done, them, you know, because that's what we were told back in, in the day. Mm-hmm. So uh, here I am trying to spread the message that it's never too late to change whatever you want to change. I don't care mm-hmm. how old you are. Um and yeah, I mean, it's, it's super important to me. I'm passionate about it. That's why uh, I'm working with Jordan in the inner circle. Mm-hmm. We're, we're trying to get that message out there and just out in the world, because I feel like so many women in particular, men too, but women in particular feel like it's, they're done. 
yeah. you know, they hit menopause or middle age and they're, they're done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to work for them. Right. You know, well, I got, I got, some, I got to tell you something. It's going to work for you. It yeah. will. Yeah. You know, it'll work for anybody. Right. As you know, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I love, I love what you said about how you, because you said you started crying once you, the doctor was like, literally like, Hey, you're good. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey Susan, hey, Susan, actually like, you're a great bill of health. Like nothing's wrong. I love that. I love that you had that initial reaction because that's, Oh, sorry. Watch, but that's something um, I've noticed with a ton of clients. And that's something that has always broken my heart. When I had these conversations with these women who some I've even had in like their eighties who literally spent their whole life trying like yo-yo dieting or looking for the next quick fix, you know, and, and had a terrible relationship with food and all that. And that always broke my heart because that's like, you literally spent your whole life, mm-hmm. you know, with this warped sense of, of what your food should be, what works, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and to me, that's, that's always been like a passion of mine to be like, let me help you simplify this and get you to a place where we're in the right track. So you can focus on the bigger things in life. Right. A hundred percent. And I relate to that so much because what, what I felt in that moment was those decades mm-hmm. of all that stuff that you feel like I was doing what I thought was the right thing for all this time. Mm-hmm. And evidently it wasn't because, yeah. you know, I, 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 it was, and that was the, basically the turning. Everyone asked me, what was the turning point? It was that moment because at that time, I had nowhere else to look now yeah. as to the reason why, because I was the victim, right? Because when I looked at myself in the bathroom that day, it was what was happening to me, right? This mm-hmm. is happening to me. And um, so I was in a victim role for decades as well. And for the first time, I had to look, I had to turn the mirror around and look at myself, you know, yeah. and take responsibility. And that is mm-hmm. hard to do, yeah. especially after so long. You know, I just remember feeling so stubborn and my Mm. feet being dug in. I'm not doing anything wrong. It was like a toddler (laughs) having a tantrum. Yeah. Like I'm doing the hit classes. I do Jenny Craig. Like I do all these things. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and even later on before I, um, right before I worked with Jordan, I was working out so much. Like I was working out six days a week, sometimes two a days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was doing the I'm going to out train this, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm yeah. working on fear instead of, uh, you know, I told everybody, Oh, I love it. You know, I mean, <laughs> and, and I did, I did. I mean, I did like to work out. Right. Sure. But really that, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that was not the truth. That was mm-hmm. just me bullshitting myself. Um, right. I, it was, it was not the truth. I was afraid not to do that because mm-hmm. I wasn't making any progress and I knew it deep down inside. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like kind of one of those things where it's like, the action itself is a healthy thing, but your yeah. intention behind why you're doing it was unhealthy. A hundred percent it was. Yeah. And that, gosh, when Jordan took me off of six days a week and took me down to four when I first started working with him, mm-hmm. which I still do to this day, by the way, four days, yeah. um, I thought I was going to lose my mind. And, you know, <laughs> I'm looking at the piece of paper. I'm going, what the, you know, this is yeah. it. And, yeah. you know, what do I do on the rest days? I'd send him a text, you rest. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do yeah. that. You know, he said, he, so he gave me this parameter. He said, okay, you can go hop on a bike, mm-hmm. but don't let your heart rate get over, you know, like 112. I mean, it was some low number, right? Yeah. So you barely pedal and your heart rate's coming, <laughs> you know? And so I'm up there at the gym, like, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I did it. I don't know how long I thought I was going to lose my mind. And I said, 
I, I texted him right away and said, I will never do this again. <laughs> um, and I will shut up from this yeah. point on. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I, I, and I can attest to that too, because I, I can clearly remember when I joined the inner circle, like, gosh, like four years ago now, um, that I, you guys are doing your Instagram live or Facebook live. And I had wrote in the chat, I was like, Hey, I lost my mojo for working out. Um, you know, what's kind of like your idea to like get that spark back. And I think the first thing you guys said were, was like, well, how often are you working out? And what I was doing was I was taking the four day week program. And then I added like two more days of like workouts. And I, and I had the same thing, like that same initial reaction where you have that little, little fear of like, well, if I do less, how is that going to affect my results? Am I going to lose progress? Like all these things that go through your head mm-hmm. and, uh, it's the best thing I've ever done for my health and for my love for why we move our bodies. Yep. Um, it completely, completely reignited my mojo for it. A hundred percent. And I post about this a lot because mm-hmm. so many people tell me they, they have this issue. Right. But the, as soon as I went down to four days and just let that settle in that kind of routine, um, my progress shot through the roof, mm-hmm. you know, everything started to change yeah. and, and it makes sense because you're allowing your body to actually recover, yeah. you know, um, my sleep improved. Mm-hmm. Um, I could lift more weight. I was starting to lose weight. I mean, there was mm-hmm. all kinds of things happening just because I took some, you know, rest day or two. I actually yeah. took three. Um, And I wasn't even walking much then. I was just literally not doing anything on those other days. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about that was my relationship and yours too, I'm sure our relationship with exercise improved dramatically, you know, because I was chomping at the bit to go back to the gym on -hmm. the next workout. Like I was so psyched. Oh my God. It's, you know, I don't work out today, but tomorrow I'm going to go back, you Mm -hmm. know, and it just the enjoyment and the love for it all just came back. No, you're absolutely right. And, and I think the, the, like we said before, kind of like our intention changed. And so instead of being like obsessed with health, we were, we were health driven, right. Yeah. Where, where our focus for why we were at the gym completely changed. Um, right. Yeah. It, so- it changed dramatically. And I think so many people, and I'm sure you get questions like this. So how many days a week do I need to work out for fat loss? Right. And I always reply, you're not working out a single day for fat loss. Mm, you're yep. working out because you're getting stronger, building muscle, increasing bone density, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Now, what are you going to do for fat loss? Now let's talk about that. This mm-hmm. is where we need to talk about. Yeah. You know, it, it's so interesting. People equate exercise with a, a way to lose fat. And of course, mm-hmm. exercise is going to burn calories. We all, we all know that, right. but it's not efficient for that. You know, that's not going to drive your weight loss, you know, your nutrition will, but we always, we always focus on the easier thing to change, which is the workouts, right? Right. I could add another workout. I could do another class. I could change in nutrition, man. That's a little bit sticky situation in it. Right. I mean, no one wants to have to change how they eat. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Everybody will change how you work out, you know? Mm -hmm. So let's just go over on this side. Let's not even talk about this side. Right. That's so true. And could you, could you say your famous, my favorite, one of my favorite Suzanne Bergal quotes about the driver, your driver. Oh quote? yeah. Yeah. And I have a little update to it too. <laughs> uh, but we have, yeah. So, so we, we have the fat loss car, right? Yeah. 
And, and, and like any car, the fat loss car has a driver. And I always say the driver of the fat loss car has to be nutrition mm -hmm. because you go nowhere in that car without that driver. Mm -hmm. And so that's your priority. If you think about it, if you're in a car, man, you, you will go nowhere if you, had, if you don't have a driver or the appropriate driver, right. you know, a licensed driver as opposed to a little kid driving, right? Mm -hmm. You want to get there alive. So it's, it's nutrition drives you to your goal. It's nutrition's responsibility to get you to your goal. Mm -hmm. The passenger with the paper map is right. Navy train, right? Yeah. And I go old school. It's at, sitting there in the front yep. seat telling you maybe you might, you might want to turn over here a little bit or right. whatever, right? right? Training's not responsible for getting you there. Training's mm -hmm. trying to help, but man, nutrition's got to be, be the one driving the car. Mm -hmm. But here's the update. There's now an unruly passenger in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. The unruly passenger is trying to tell nutrition, hey, turn left, turn left, turn left, no, 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 turn mm. left, turn left, when nutrition needs to keep going straight, right? right. That unruly passenger's emotion, right? Mm. Emotion's trying yeah. to drive that car now, right? Yeah. I mean, whenever you feel like the scale popped up for no reason, or whenever yeah. you feel like you've been perfect with your nutrition for a day yep. and nothing has changed, you know? Yep. Emotion starts getting in your head and is yeah. trying to now dictate what you do. And mm -hmm. so now it's like you got to tell that stupid passenger in the back seat to shut up or yep. put him in the trunk and lock him in there. <laughs> you know? right. Get rid of the passenger. I you know, love tell that. the passenger to shut up. Yeah. And that's you telling yourself, mm -hmm. shut up. Yep. Then put it in the trunk and nutrition. <laughs> Just put it. Put him in the back trunk. <laughs> Lock him in the trunk because he's got a loud mouth. <laughs> right. That's so. Yeah. I I love that. I love that update because that's you know, and you hundred percent know this. Anytime you're working with a client, it's not the physical things that they're really not doing. It's the emotional driver, behavioral habit behind it. Right. So like, yep. I love your update because it's the, that backseat driver literally trying to tell you how to drive. Right. Get off course. Yeah. yeah. Trying to tell you what to do. And isn't that, that's exactly what we do with emotion. Yeah. You know, we get frustrated with the scale or I've only lost two pounds mm -hmm. or I should be blah, blah, blah. You know, all these things that get in your head, these emotional voices are in there and we just let our logical voices just sit there and not do anything. It's like, get those guys up yeah. and tell the emotional voices to shut up yeah get in the trunk and let's get driving here you know get in the trunk <laughs> i mean i think it's it's okay to feel things i mean yeah we're human right it's okay to feel frustrated i get it mm -hmm. but it's not okay when that frustration now is trying to drive that car and yep. that's where people get in trouble i think yeah so absolutely. new passenger yeah that's exactly when people will go off track or or to, you know, they'll go all in, all out, you know, a lot of yep. super common, yep. absolutely super common. Um, yeah, sure. so my, my question for you is, is cause I think we always, we always talk about kind of you and your mid fifties, um, because that was like the biggest pivotal change, like in your life. Right. And then to current stage, which I, and I absolutely love telling people about you, especially my mom, because my mom's been the person that's like, I'm getting too old for this. Or like, I'm like, mom, you're, you're, I'm, I, I'm not going to say her age. Cause I know she, <laughs> I know she's younger than me. She, I already know right. that. Yep. <laughs> it's okay. But, I'm good. Yeah. Everybody on the planet's younger than me. I you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah. But she, but same thing. And, and, you know, that's why I always love to cite Suzanne Bergol 
whenever that these I hear these things because I'm just like you you won't look like her but you can do the actions that she does that have changed your life dramatically um so my question for you is 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 there was there in your early life like what was kind of like the family dynamic around food and and fitness and nutrition and and did that have like an effect of how you grew up um and your style working out and nutrition all that i don't know about the workout piece because we were, you know, my dad was an attorney. My mom stayed at home. Um, mm-hmm. and, and my brother and I were all music based stuff as growing mm-hmm. up, but food was a big deal in our house. My mom cooked, you know, casseroles. That was like mm-hmm. the big thing, right. In the sixties yeah. and seventies, everything was a casserole, right. Mm-hmm. She was trying all these new recipes, loved having people over when we would host like Christmas dinner and have some relatives over. It was this big thing. And I remember the running joke with my dad, um, my, my dad would say, get some more grub boy, get some more <laughs> grub, you know, or to whoever, yeah. um, always, do you want some more? Do you want some more? I mean, it was yeah. always that mm-hmm. food was a sign of love. It was kind of a, a celebratory culture kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Comfort. Um, yeah. I, I think I would associate all of that. I, I do remember our meals being very traditional from the perspective of you like meat, potatoes, vegetable kind of setup, you know, yeah. something similar to that. Yeah. Um, but there was no talk of, you know, weight loss. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. I was always kind of chubby as a kid and, and there was never, I never thought um, any like, oh my God, I have to, I can't eat that. I yeah. never, I don't re- ever remember having a phase growing up of feeling like that, which I think is really good because I know yeah. now kids man that starts really early with with mm-hmm. some kids and yeah. it just wasn't a factor for me um that didn't hit until i was an adult actually right. um so yeah just lots of love and stuff and and i feel like um the the lack of portion knowledge and things i mean that you could trace that back to then because my parents didn't mm-hmm. even think about portions like there, there was never any you shouldn't have any more of that it was like right. have more <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah yeah have, kind of thing yeah that's that's actually a great upbringing because like you said so many people like for example my mom used to take my sister weight watchers all the time and i would get dragged just because i wasn't old enough to be home alone or anything like that Mm -hmm. but it's 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 interesting because i i love how you were kind of brought up where it wasn't a thought which is which is a great thing you were you were left to kind of figure out for yourself um and see what works for you and all that even though you had your journey of the Jenny Craig, you know, all that as well. Um, but that, that's amazing that food in, in your family was only used as like a cultural thing, which I I think is really And I believe, yeah, I I think it truly was. I, I just, it played a central role with special occasions. Mm -hmm. Um, and even, you know, family dinners, my my dad would work late sometimes. So I remember my brother and I, we had a little bar in our kitchen, a bar table. And, and my brother and I sitting there eating dinner together, mm-hmm. trading. I hated peas. He hated green beans. We always swapped. Yep. Uh, you know, my mom, I don't know if she ever knew it until we were adults. We told her, <laughs> <laughs> no, mom, I never ate the peas, Right. <laughs> but my brother did. <laughs> I ate the green beans. Right. right. The, uh, and I love, and, and speaking of your mom, I know, I know she's, she's passed away since, but um, what, a, what about like, cause Cause I saw when my grandpa, when he got older, like how it's brutal, right? You kind of, it's, it's really hard to see someone lose their sort of independence. Um, 
And I can only imagine the other way around. It must be really damn hard for yourself, right? Um, is there anything you kind of learned from your mom and like her older years that kind of has motivated you in any way? That's a big driver of, yeah, of, yeah. My, of, my, of my drive. Mm -hmm. um, because I watched her um, not be able to push a button not be able to get up out of a chair. Yeah. Um, I, she fell, I found her in her apartment after she fell and hit her head on a table, blood everywhere, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I vowed to my kid, Mike, I said, I will never mm -hmm. get to the point of not being able to push a button right. or get up out of a chair. I mean, unless I get ravaged by some, some disease that I can't control, I'm doing everything in my power to, be as strong as I can for the rest of my life mm. because of that, you know, yeah. I, her life became less functional. Yeah. Um, the less things she could do um, mm. when she wanted, you know, she wanted to do some things, but physically it was, yeah. it was a little tough. So yeah, I, I think it drives, it drives everything. And yeah. um, it, it's something that all of us need to think about now, instead of waiting till we're there, you know, mm. while, while, an 80 year old can still do something if they haven't done a lot before, if you rewind the clock 30, 40 years and start, you know, mm -hmm. you will be ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in fairness, my parents' generation doesn't, didn't know half of what we know. Right. And the generation, your generation knows way more than I knew back in when right. I was your age. And it just, it's going to keep going like that. Right. right. Yeah. So I think we all need to take advantage of what we know now. Yeah. Um, and that strength training is going to be something that will continue to give you a functional life for as long as you're on this planet, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I was talking to somebody the other day about how you know, one of the things strength training will do is in, help to improve your bone density, which yep. is the number one reason why when old people fall, they have a break, yeah. you know, they have an, they have a break. It's almost automatic for yeah. a lot of old people, yeah. but it won't be automatic if you start building some strength and increasing yeah. your bone density. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefits other than just building some muscle and being strong and whatever. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. And I, and I, I love that you said that. Cause that's, again, that's something I would, I would preach to my mom too. So she's since been uh, working with a personal trainer and working on strength, which is Perfect. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but that was one of the things I told her, I go, cause she kept falling and I'm like, mom, you need to start strength training, not only to help build bone density, but for stability and all these things. I'm just like, <laughs> there's yeah. so much more to it than, and again, to go back, why she used to work out was for fat loss purposes. Right. Um, so I absolutely love what you said. Um, and I also think it's kind of like a beautiful thing in a way where your mom inadvertently gave you this great life lesson where she did. You, she did. you, you are going to strive for your own independence, especially as the years come on. She, she, you know, as she, towards the end, she would tell me things that, um, she, she didn't understand what I did. Like she didn't even understand the internet. I mean, yeah. I, we couldn't even really touch on that part of what right. I did. But um, she knew I trained people and she just said, you keep doing what you're doing. You yeah. keep doing what you, and I think she was going, she was saying that from the physical standpoint, you yeah. know, um, because she, she knew, yeah. she knew. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and I, I also think, I'm not sure many people know, but um, you had such a, this, and this is really what I think is so cool because you had such a, uh, uh, a, 
you you turn into a butterfly essentially at this middle age where you had just retired from being a guidance counselor is that correct yeah, yeah. and um, i was a teacher before that yeah what'd you teach a band so you're a band director so you're the band director which is amazing yep. um yep. and then a guidance counselor yep. um and i think it's so cool that after you retired <laughs> like you were you're supposed to be like moving to florida by now or like <laughs> chilling on the beach with yeah. your retirees right that that, you... that and that that part still is what blows me away the most i think because for so long it was like this, this is retirement you know sleeping in yeah. drinking coffee watching the today show whatever <laughs> blah 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 you know all that stuff yeah and it's been you know it's been none of that um and i was on a podcast not too long ago and i i told them this and i'm going to say it here too i truly believe that the work that i put in um, building strength and, and, and getting confidence and all that, mm. that confidence that comes yeah. with strength training is what helped me do what I'm doing. I would never do it. Yeah. I would never mm. have done this yeah. if that hadn't been that, that ball hadn't been rolling, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I think it all, it, anybody out there that has been strength training understands what we talk about when we talk about the confidence that it gives you in, mm. in, and it will go to all aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. And if you, you haven't been strength training, just start and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. There are not enough words to do it justice. You right. have to really experience it, but it will change your life in more ways than one. And it certainly did for me. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I thought I was just going to be putting my feet up all day yeah. um, and whatever. <laughs> and now it's like, no, that's not it at all. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> oh. And I think, I think the cool part too is, is, and I, I come from a huge family of teachers, um, mm -hmm is that your what you did prior probably has helped you 10 times with with working with others oh my god my so the whole counseling piece yeah um that that is what i feel like new trainers struggle with the most as far as the relationship piece with the person and trying to connect and get the person to feel like they're being heard and all of these counseling-y skills that I used every day for 33 years, you know, mm -hmm. that part was a piece of cake for me, you yeah. know, getting the anatomy and the muscle and all that's what I, that's where I had to focus. And then mm -hmm. learning how to teach, yeah. like I already knew how to do that. I already knew how to differentiate if somebody was not good at this, but they could do this. Okay. This person mm -hmm. could do this variation. You know I mean? It's, yeah. it's like when you have a classroom full of kids, and they're not all on the same page, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got to tweak things a lot of times on the fly. So teaching and counseling is a perfect marriage, yeah. I think, for being a coach. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I love that that's your background, too, because you essentially yeah. didn't retire. <laughs> yeah, no, essentially You're still a teacher. No. <laughs> yeah. You're teaching gym yeah. class. <laughs> essentially, I didn't retire. That's right. That's right. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so let's can we talk about your book quick yeah sure <laughs> so you have a book that you, when you published it 2020 or this year uh 2021 end of january beginning of february gotcha. no. and it's called fit at any age um with a subtitle it's never too late which is exactly what we've been talking about yeah um so what was what was kind of like your inspiration behind writing that this book because i kind of thought that um you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I started thinking about it one day. I'm like, my God, how mm. dumb could I have been for all of these decades? You know, yeah. I was being a little hard on myself, but I made all these mistakes. And I, I'm like, you know what? I want people to know that it doesn't matter how many mistakes you make. Yeah. Like 
you know, it just doesn't matter. You can still turn things around. Mm -hmm. And so I thought maybe people could relate to it, like to show them, hey, you're not alone. Yeah. I did this too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at what I did. I ate those stupid chocolate squares that were supposed to be appetite suppressants. You know, I mean, <laughs> whatever those things are, you know, I mean, I, I just go through everything that I did and the things that I thought at the time. Yeah. And, and, and like I said earlier, the, the mo- I get these comments every day from people who have read it and said, this yeah. could have been me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we all did this. Right. But the point of the book now is, you can turn this around, right? Yeah. I'm not athletic. I don't have great genes. I've got heart disease on one side of my family pretty substantially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's things that I just have to be aware of, yeah. but it doesn't mean I couldn't change. It doesn't right. mean that I can't break that cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to tell everybody, it's not that I'm gifted or whatever. No, I had to work hard at this, but this is how right. I did it. Mm-hmm. And then I And then I show how that also helped me create the business mm-hmm. and how that kind of blossomed from all of that. Yeah. And I love, I, there's a, I'm paraphrasing, but there's a quote in here where you, you pretty much say um, that at the time your story was unique to you, but now looking back, you, you'd say it, it's common. It's incredibly common. Right. Yeah. Which I yeah. think as, and as a coach, you see, <laughs> we see this all the time where you're on the phone with someone or you're talking to someone and you're like, I've heard this story like 10 times already today, you know, but like, yeah, 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 yeah. yep. And you know yep. how it ends and, and you know how it starts. Right. Um, but it's so and true. You know, what's interesting about that too, yeah. is so many of those people. And I know you, you probably get this too. Their heels are dug in, yeah. you know, just like mine were, um, you can, I can feel their heels dug in and the stubbornness over the phone. I can feel the tension there. Like they don't want to let that wall down Mm -hmm. because they're afraid to. Mm -hmm. And I get that because that was me, (laughs) you know, that was me. And, Mm -hmm. and this is where the counseling background has really helped to, Mm -hmm. to kind of direct a conversation so they can start lowering this wall down. Cause that wall is up. They're not going to hear anything you say at all. You Mm -hmm. know, and I equate it to when I had angry parents come in my office, which I had all the time, yeah. they were either angry at their teachers or the kids or who, the administration, whatever. Yeah. And they came in my office and my job, as soon as they came in was to get their wall down. Yeah. And I just let them talk and I validated. And once that wall was down, then we can move forward on the problem. Right. And I think that's kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, best, best, one of the best skills I think you'd have as a coach is your ability to listen to someone. Yep. Because if you try to insert what you know, what you know, they should be doing what's wrong already, like if you try to patch a problem without them sort of being coming aware of it on their own, then you're not going to get to that person. No, not not for the long term. You won't. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, That's so true. Um, and, And again, that that's a tribute to like years and years of you working with countless populations of people, ages, um, parents, all that. So, um, I, I will say this out of all the populations I've worked with seventh grade girls are by far the hardest. <laughs> the, uh, Just throwing the, that out there. <laughs> they were 98% of my time for uh, about 25 years. <laughs> I think I got sent to the principals. I used to get sent to the principal office, like at least once every school year. And I think seventh grade i went because we went through, <laughs> we went through this like 
gang thing where it was like uh and by gang i mean like not even close to a real game but like we would like stab each other with pencils and pens and <laughs> or in fifth grade i went i went to principals because i was selling candy on the bus and i was charging like 25 cent for a stick and i made <laughs> i was making good money yep yep <laughs> and somebody ratted me out <laughs> yep. i just remember like sitting in the principal's office and my mom came in and then the principal like went walked away for a second she leaned over to me she goes it's pretty smart <laughs> she's, pretty like, <laughs> she's like because you know, i was paying for my lunch and all that too you, you i think it's really smart yeah um i i would get sent the girls who could not function in class because she said that and i heard that somebody said this and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. so it got to the point where i brought them in my office the two players right no yeah. audience there was no one to posture in front of anymore yeah. and i said look you two have five minutes to fix this i'm standing right outside the door the timer yeah. starts now right. and i left yeah. and i just left those two girls by themselves with me right outside the door five yep. minutes in five minutes it was solved and right. i wrote him a pass back to class and we were done yeah because <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, kind of yeah. it <laughs> yeah well, we taught him how to communicate without all the uh the bs yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i think there's one thing where i dislike about you and that's Uh-oh. um oh i know what it is it's, it yeah it's it's your love for the washington yeah. uh, football team <laughs> Well, I don't call them that. I call them what what they should be called, but that's another podcast for another day. Um, Predictions for the season, obviously low expectations. uh... Always. (laughs) I mean, although I am the person, I am old enough to have lived through the glory. Yeah, you really did. Go to the Super Bowl parades and and all that. And I I swear to my son every day, yes, this happened. Mm -hmm. I promise you this is not (laughs) all because he's never seen it. You know, it's so funny. I am a huge sports fan. Yeah. You know, my dad is responsible for that because growing up, he took me, we had season tickets to the Redskins growing up. So awesome. we always went, yeah. um, we, he took me to the bullets, um, who are now the wizards. Um, oh, wow. and I was in their champ. I went to their championship series games with my dad. Wow. Yeah. My dad, I, we had touchdown, a group here called the touchdown club, which had, they brought, all the local sports stars in for a fundraiser, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. My dad would always take me. And so wow. I got, I got to meet all kinds of people. That's cool. So, um, went to Joe Gibbs retirement thing at union station. Oh, wow. I'll never forget that. I just, I've been, you know, I just grew up around here with all of us went to the last senators game, went to the first nationals game. Wow. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of, kind of part of, of, of uh, who I am. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the Redskins have been terrible for years. <laughs> I, I don't see them being terrible this year. I, yeah, I like there's a little coach. more hype around them. And, you know, we've been down this road way too many times. Yeah. So, um, you know, always cautiously optimistic that yeah. the culture is changing, which I think it is, Yeah. Um, you know, for the better. I, right. I think it's just going to be the same old NFC East beat each other up and yeah. it, it's going to be, somebody's going to get hurt. Probably Dak. He's going to get hurt again over in Dallas and, <laughs> And then, you know, I mean, I mean, it's just, the, you know, the, I don't know. Uh, I, I think so. And so 17 games too, this is weird too. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if, if the skins could win nine or 10, that would be an amazing year. Yeah. I, I agree. And listen, as a, I'm wearing a yeah. giant sweater for you. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a sports girl too. Yeah. You know, I appreciate good teams. Yeah, I know. I know. 
you can hate the division rivalries, whatever that, yeah. 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 But you know, I, I love watching good sports. I really oh, do. Yeah. Well, if there's, if there's any team, I don't dislike the most it's it's the redskins because mm -hmm. i hate the cowboys and i hate the eagles <laughs> well and that's one thing we all can have in common <laughs> yep absolutely um well, are the eagles like the worst ones for you guys i honestly really i mean i don't like eagles fans either but like i honestly really dislike the cowboys too only yeah. because like we're realistic right like we're like we have you know when you're bad you know, yeah yeah you know low expectations but maybe you know never know yeah the cowboys fans are always like super Bowl. you know it's just uh, every like, year every year yeah every year and you're just like you guys have been good <laughs> my husband's been on some cowboy feed and yeah. john back and forth with this idiot over there yeah. that seems to think they're the next thing coming you know it's like you know you, every year yeah. every, year. <laughs> and every year they choke i mean yeah. <laughs> and i love that <laughs> I love that. For so you will appreciate this. When I was a kid, I must have been 10 years old. We were at a Redskins Cowboys game mm -hmm. at RFK. And in the parking lot, people sold all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. And one of the people that we sat with bought me this button. It, it's an old fashioned button. It's silver with blue writing on it. Mm -hmm. And it says Dallas sucks. And, and, and I still have that button. <laughs> I wear it twice a year. There we go. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, maybe I should come down for an old uh, giant skins game. This That'd be week, fun. Uh, yeah, at, at, uh... I think th that would be a lot of fun. We haven't been. Gosh, it's been probably three years now that since mm -hmm. we've been to a game. Mm -hmm. um, but now that it was just so hard on a Sunday when we had all stuff going on on the weekend and then it's yeah. all day there. But now that now it would be totally different. It would be yeah. so much fun. So, yeah, we need to do that. Yeah, we should. I'll, uh, I've never been to what's their stadium called? FedEx. I've never been to FedEx Field. Um, you ain't missing much. <laughs> I, sorry. <laughs> I would love to do that. I think that'd be fun. Um, but basically, the last question I have for you. So the name of this podcast is called These Little Moments Podcast, um, which I actually, you know, I never actually talked about why I named it that. I named it that because at the uh, first annual Inner Circle Retreat, we had um, mm -hmm. which was amazing. You know, at the end, everybody was really like opening up. It was yep. a cry fest, right? It was yep. like, it we, was. All were, we all were like pouring ourselves out. Um, and when I was talking, um, I had mentioned that I don't do fitness because of, you know, the physical stuff, obviously that's a benefit, but I always, I always enjoyed it um, because of the ability to share it with others and um, the little moments that come with it. Um, so that's the reason why I named my podcast these little moments, because I'm just a huge believer that um, life as we know it is, is made up of all the little moments that kind of got us here. Um, so the, the last question I always like to ask any of my guests is what is what is kind of the little moment in your life that has gotten you this to this point? Wow. That's a long life, too, by the way. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good life. <laughs> There's a lot of little moments that happen. <laughs> I mean, geez. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time, yeah. <laughs> um, a, a little moment. Yeah, like something that really moment. stuck out to you. Or it could, I mean, it could have been, again, like, it could have been a big little moment, right? Like something where to you, to the bystander is like, oh, I totally forgot about. But for you, it really stuck with you and and kind of gotten to where you are today 
Well, I, I, I got two different ways to go with this. So I'm going to tell yep. you both. The first one surrounding the, the kind of time where I, everything changed for me is when the doctor told me these words, Susan, you're eating too much. Mm. That was actually, I mean, those, those few words said very nicely, mm -hmm. um, prompted lots of tears and mm. lots of, oh my God, now I've got to look at all this and everything mm. changed, right? Eventually. Um, that was so significant, but it's a little moment in that it was just a few words out of her mouth. There was no, yeah. no grandiose plan. This, she just told me so nicely that you don't see general doctors do a lot of that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I saw her, I don't, she's not my doctor anymore. She, she left Kaiser and, um, I saw her locally one day and I went up to her and I said, I don't know if you understand how big that appointment was for me in my life mm. at that point. In time. So I had yeah. the chance to go back and thank her yeah. years later, a couple of years later. So yeah, that was amazing. cool. A another kind of little moment that, that happens is when somebody takes time out of their day to message me and let me know that something that I said to mm. them or something that I did for them that made a significant difference in their life, mm. but they took the time to send me just the short DM or whatever. Yeah. And, and I always write back and I just, I, I'm just dumbfounded that somebody yeah. would, I mean, the kindness to me, um, mm -hmm. the kindness is, is I never take that for granted. Like uh, the story of being at the new gym and this trainer coming up to me the first day in my new gym with the chip on my shoulder. And yeah. he, that little act of kindness that he showed that day to me changed everything, yeah. changed it all. So those kinds of little moments, they happen, you know, mm -hmm. here and there, and uh, yeah. they mean a ton and they, they really keep me focused on, yeah, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. This is exactly it. Yeah. And I, and I absolutely love that because, um, it's it, not only have you received like these kind moments, but it's the reason you receive them is because you give them out. Um, I don't know if you realize it, but you give out <laughs> tons of, tons of kind moments for everybody. Um, you know, and you do it without expectation or, or anything like that. And those people, people in my life who have ever given without expectation, like just what, for whatever reason to help me, those have been like the most significant people in my life, whether it was my yeah. grandpa, whether it was, I had a mentor. I didn't even tell you this. I had a mentor in high school who I would work out with when he, he was 65 at the time when he would work out with me. He was, oh, wow. he was the economic, his name is Mr. Bodner. He was the economics teacher and he was like the weight lifting teacher as well. Uh -huh. um, and before every football workout, him and I would work out. And then at the end of every workout, he'd be like, how was that for like an old man workout? And then he hand me an orange and I'm like dead, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's why I can really relate to your story as well, is because my introduction to working out was from a man who was in his mid sixties, who was mm -hmm. kicking my ass during these workouts and, you know, made it a priority that for his health, but also to show me that when I'm that age, like, it doesn't mean like you just roll over and die, you know, you, yeah. you keep yeah. going no matter what. Um, yep. And so, yeah, that's an example of somebody who's, who's given to me um, without asking for anything else. Um, so I completely relate to that. And I love that. I um, love that. So where can the people find you? Well, a lot of places, um, your home um, address, please. 
physical address. Uh, yeah, just come on over. Um, the pool's open. That's great. Um, so it it's Susan Niebergall Fitness, not mm-hmm. Suzanne Niebergall. Although, if yeah. you do Suzanne Niebergall, you probably spell it right. So it right. can't get you there. <laughs> so um, you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Instagram, uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. um, uh, YouTube. I've got, I've added a lot to my YouTube channel. So that's gotten pretty big, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff over there. Um, uh, and the book fit at yep. any age is never too late on Amazon. And then mm-hmm. my, my podcast, the strong and lean at any age podcast. So mm-hmm. you'll find me everywhere. Absolutely. And if, and if you ever want to coach with Susan, she has the Heron Jordan run the inner circle, yep. um, which is amazing. I've been in it for over four years now. Um, and I'm, testament it's amazing it changed my life um but yeah thank you i su- su- thank you so much for doing this podcast miss Bergall. amazing Thanks. amazing to uh see you we haven't chatted in a while either. i know we have to uh like i said i'll probably come to a uh washington game down there when the giants play we had a Let's good do it good record last year against the old washington team. yeah a great record are you kidding me <laughs> it's tough when two of the wins out of the five that we had for the year <laughs> Hey, with that year that the Cowboys won one, yep. that's where it was. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, well, thank you so much. Again, make sure you follow Susan. Go get her book, Fit at Any Age. Um, check out The Inner Circle. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you, right. Miss Susan. I appreciate it. And we'll see you soon. All righty. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of These Little Moments Podcast. And big, big, big thank you to Susan Niebergall, Suzanne Niebergall, uh, for being on this podcast. Super appreciate you. So thank you so much. If you enjoyed that podcast, please, please, pretty please, with a little bit of sugar on top, leave a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast. I super appreciate it. It helps a lot of people find this podcast. And uh, it boosts my ego. So why not boost my ego? Thank you very much. Anyways, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to work together one-on-one online health and wellness coaching, you can apply for coaching at bodybarring.com slash coaching. Man, we got these outros down. (laughs) Anyways, thank you so much. Beyond grateful for you always for your support. I love you, and I will see you in the next episode. Peace out, guys.